Monkey Chats back featuring another episode with India's smartest man Radha Krishnan Pillai. If there's any human who knows as much about the history of India as this man does, bring him to Monkey Chat because I've not met anyone like that. You know, growing up, we always told that India ko sone ki chidiya bulaya jata tha. India was one of the richest countries in the world. So in today's episode, we break down exactly what made ancient India so rich in detail. Okay, you're gonna learn a lot from this episode. You're also gonna learn what made us poor in the long term. How the British stole money exactly, how the European imperialism movement stole money exactly from us and you're also going to learn how India is becoming rich again. We're on part towards becoming one of the richest countries in the world once again and if you want to be a part of that richness wave and make your own money through that wave, if you want to become rich in life, this is the episode for you. So if you want to create the best possible future for yourself, learn in detail about the past of this country. Watch the entire episode, there's a lot of value to be gained. Enjoy with one of the smartest men in India, Dr. Radhakrishnan Pillai. This is going to be one of the most motivational episodes of Monkey Chat. We're going to talk about this Sone Ki Chidiya concept. Bharat was once one of the richest countries in the world, the richest country in the world. We went on to become one of the poorest countries in the world thanks to British rule, thanks to European invasions. And who better to talk about history than Radha, sir? Welcome to Monkey Chat again, sir. So we got to talk very openly about this whole concept. My whole generation is told that we were very rich at one point of time. Yeah. And we're also told that we are part of the world's biggest economy now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fastest growing economy. Yes. Yes. So all of us, my entire generation will have a lot of billionaires. We'll be amongst the world's richest people. And we're a special generation because we had that focal point. Yes. We've seen our parents' generation, which was kind of middle class, upper yes. middle class. Yes. And now I'm dead sure that we're going to see a lot of riches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's start the story at the back, sir. Yeah, sure. Uh, how did India get rich in the first place, firstly, in ancient times? Like, were we doing correct business? Were we selling a lot of uh, ancient gemstones? What was happening? Uh, so, there are many factors because of which India became very rich. To begin with, uh, nature blessed us. Even today, if you look at it geographically, we are positioned very rightly. We got uh, the nature with all things that is very positive for an economic development. For example, if you look at it, uh, we got defined seasons. Mm. Not many countries have it. So we have a rainy season, we have a summer season. We got a lot of greenery, flora and fauna. We got the ocean. Yeah. So coastline. Coastline. So if you look at it, uh, uh, not many countries have this advantage. Some uh, countries are completely desert, some people under snow. So you have the right mix. The second is that uh, it's quite surprising that we actually focused on research. Or okay. many people R&D. R&D. So every field that we were in, if you look at it 1000 years back, we were the people who contributed. So if you look at metallurgy, if you look at architecture, so we had built the best monuments across the globe. Uh, the third and the most important thing is that we had a very different and interesting social system. You cannot bring, uh, become rich individually. You know, there, are, there is a community, there's a family. So what happened is that somewhere, if you look at it, the kind of a professions that we followed during those early times were very well defined and structured. Mm. Uh, let me go back and it's quite surprising that you may never have heard about a process called as Jati Puran. Okay. So if you look at the word Jati, people say, you know, Jati Vivad ho raha hai. But you know, Jati is actually a profession and every profession actually had an SOP standard operating process books. And thousands of years ago, suppose you were born a doctor. Mm. And of course, if your parent was a doctor and you want to be a doctor and your children want to be a doctor, there is a process and you follow the family business. If you don't want to be a doctor also, you can leave. But thousands of years, maybe 10-15 generations, you have perfected the particular art of medicine and research. It was documented. Hmm. So if you are into shipping business, it was documented. 
So if you look at why India was the richest country in the world that we did lot of things simultaneously over many generations we got into a perfect system. Unfortunately what has happened is that we have lost that particular continuity hmm. of knowledge evolution. Hmm. So oh. knowledge evolves as in we kept learning and then that learning process stopped. It it stopped exactly. So if you go back to the past why the whole world came to us we were the richest part of the world. Even though we were trading with other countries, we were a very self-sufficient nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, country. Nature uh, gave us that particular opportunity. But the thing is that after so many uh, generations of foreign invasions, we lost out on so many things which actually made us the richest part of the world. Like, like for example, the traditional businesses are getting challenged. Instead okay. of evolving, it is actually getting shut off. Mm. So let me give you a specific example. Do you know Gujarat? actually was the point where lot of trading and shipping used to happen hmm. so if you look at the gujarat coastal belt you know the actually the foreigners came through that route so the parsis came from that hmm. and today it britishers actually changed it from gujarat to kolkata and now mumbai wow so in gujarat traditionally there were lot of communities who were very good in shipping as an industry in boat building in ship building hmm. in gujarat there were lot of ports hmm. where are they all the gujaratis have migrated across the globe why did the british do this they intentionally wanted to spoil this thing about india ki galti se kiya so let me uh, go back to the history of british british actually were a part of uh, a particular uh, you know community or a particular group which came from europe and europe if you look at it it looks very beautiful scenic wise hmm. but if you look at the other side of it it doesn't have that much natural advantages that we have okay so there are you know it can rain any time mm. there are so many pluses and minuses about so they actually explored the world for a lot of trade activities mm. so when they landed up in india actually it was east india company which was a trading company mm. we hear about it and the french and the spanish they came as a trade opportunity because we had spices we had tea we had coffee i don't know we had everything in the world which they did not have mm. so spices is not very popular in europe they took it if you go to europe even today actually they eat very bland food yahan pe itna varieties of khana hai food hai masale hai so when they came in they actually never thought that they will rule it they mm. came as a trading people and slowly so the east india company became so big the british parliament and all the queens and all the intellectuals said okay now you have your own little office here it became so big you have your own army also and suddenly the east india company which was a trading company actually became a revenue mm. for the britishers yeah yeah So coming back, what is the thing that we lost in is that we had a lot of traditional practices and Britishers actually broke many of them. Hmm. So the shipping industry actually got destroyed in its own way. The, the the whole industries that we had as traditional practices, we don't see much of them continuing. Can you like quickly name three other things like the shipping industry that got destroyed? So let me speak uh, speak about Ayurveda. Hmm. You know, Ayurveda was a part of our Dada Dadi ki kahaniya. And the Nadi will Nani will still tell you, you know, that this is what you use. Hmm. But where do we have the Ayurveda system today yeah. in India? It's kind of looked down upon also by society in a lot of aspects. Absolutely, ये थोड़ी है. But Ayurveda में भी research होता था. So what happened is that today probably in Kerala you have some Ayurvedic uh, systems going on, and typically it's Ayurvedic massage hmm. and Panchkocha <laughs> system. But you know what many people don't know that traditionally we used to do a lot of research in Ayurveda mm. and say okay इसमें से क्या हो we used to do operations based on it so mm. it's all gone today allopathy has taken over nothing wrong but the R and D destroyed second is yoga systems mm. which now luckily it's getting so if you look at the system of yoga we had yogic teachers and we mentioned about this in the uh, previous episode also Kriya Yoga Patanjali's Yoga Sutras now these are all systems of yoga. So, if you look at Ayurveda, yoga, everything gone. The third industry, which I definitely want to talk about, I'm very proud about. We were actually people who gave the best metallurgy to the world. 
Okay. We were actually people who knew what to do with metals. Okay. We are a As in make good weapons or like anything. Uh, so metals and its application. So weaponry is one part of it. But if you look at the ornaments. Oh, okay. So we were a country full of gold. Hmm. You know, hmm. if you look at all the temples, be it, you know, Tirupati or you go to Kerala or you... So today we have these temples where gold is given. Without a goldsmith or a blacksmith, there no village was complete. So there was something, if you had six like villages, probably every particular village had... A goldsmith. So that was so evolved. And let me tell you about Arthashastra. Arthashastra is a very good document of going back to Indian history 2,400 years ago and say why we were the richest part of the world. We actually were the first to have coinage systems. Okay. Instead today, of barter. In, barter plus coinage. Okay. So barter is one of the important. Even today we do barters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when we want to do a show or maybe a movie, we do barters. Yeah. So the barter system continues because it's more about understanding. You know, yeah. I give you this, you give me that. But that's not a perfect economic model. Because mm. I may be giving you something worth 100 rupees, but you mm. may be bartering with 20 rupees. Mm. So the coinage system has got a value which is commonly accepted by both. Mm. So India thousands of years ago actually had a coinage system much before all this banking system and all evolved. Mm. So what is important is that we had certain very, very futuristic vision. Futuristic and very sustainable. I think today we talk about sustainability as mm. a key word. We had sustainable models and that is exactly why India was the richest part of the world. Mm. Then what went wrong? Why did we lose all our money? Oh, we stopped research. <laughs> really? So yeah. one thing, you think that we actually lost out because of our own arrogance? Because the general perception is that the invaders came, they spoiled it. But I feel that nah, if something went wrong, there must have been something that went wrong in your house as well, right? Yeah. So there are uh, multiple theories to it. So we are not here to point out what went wrong and the answer is this, but it's a combination of various things. So let me start with saying uh, what Sardar Vallabhai Patel once said. Sardar Vallabhai Patel, one of the greatest leaders that our country saw. He was once asked, do you believe Britishers have the policy of divide and rule? He said, no, we divide ourselves and they rule. So it's a very profound statement that we kept fighting and we mm. never saw there is a bahar ka dushman who has mm. come in and you know sometimes we have to be smart to understand ghar pe jagade hote hain lekin bahar ka jab aata hai we have to unite mm. so if you look at it we never really thought that britishers are actually taken over us mm. till the 1857 national uprising they said okay come on mm. and it again took another 90 years and so many movements to say okay we are a free country mm -hmm. the first is ghar ke jagade we were fighting against ourselves the second theory that goes is that we never understood what is happening in the west so somewhere, you know, we are very happy. So the scientific development that happened in the West, we were either cut off or we were not giving it too much importance. For example, the industrialization that happened, mm. the steam engines and all those things, that whole generation where Britain had a scientific advantage over us. Mm. So Britain did something correct in that phase and Europe did something correct in that. Phase. So Europe was going through a lot of uh, movements within themselves. So the French Revolution happened. Mm. So it was called the Renaissance era. So if mm. you read the world history, what is Renaissance era? The society is questioning itself and pushing itself to something higher, mm. which America did then. So if you look mm. at the European model, mm. was touched upon a little bit in Japan and some other parts of the world. But then over here, the American took it. Mm. But you know what, uh, since you asked this question, what went wrong? One of my philosophy teachers said it very nicely. The Britishers left us and we accepted the Americans. Mm. We never actually became Indians. So what's happened, I mean, what really happened wrong, if I were to analyze it, saying that when the world was putting a lot of efforts, time, into the next generation, what is required for Indians? Probably they were inventing papers and our documentation was still in palm leaves. Mm. They were talking about machineries and, you know, and we were still doing the, you know, hand-woven material, mm. nothing wrong. But when they came in, we were so wowed with the British uh, scientific development. We were fighting with swords. 
and they were actually having canines. Hmm. So why, when we look at it, probably this was the reason why we were a little bit behind. And anybody who is probably working in the fields and suddenly looks at the industrial revolution that wow, and most important, they got their economical angles right. So you know they started paying the people differently. So people got attracted to their right. models. They came here and made us their servants. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really appreciate them in one way. Imagine the babus who ran the British Empire with actually Indians. Mm -hmm. So they hired the best of our minds, they paid them very well, gave them government secured job, made them collectors and the collectors were Indians and the army which contained Indians actually took all the money to Britain. Mm. So we never actually had an idea of sitting down analyzing it and when it really hit because us. Because everyone was looking for their own personal gain. Absolutely. And somewhere, I mean that's a very interesting point, we were a little bit selfish to say mm. I, me and my family mm. and it doesn't matter about what's happening to the village. Exactly. Which is also what's happening in the modern day with a lot of Indians leaving India and going abroad for like giving themselves a better life. What so, they call intellectual theft. Uh, I would say brain drain. Yeah. So there are two reasons. Uh, one is at the government level and one is at individual level. Mm. So if the government doesn't give that opportunity to create, then you feel frustrated, right? Mm. So I'm qualified, I want to do something for the country, but there is no ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. It's changing now with yeah. you know the ecosystem of Startup India. Mm. All those things is happening. But yeah, yeah. But what happened is the post-independence era 1947, you look at it, it took us almost like 40-50 years to actually look back. Even yeah. now, the best of the brains go and they're doing very well abroad. Yeah, yeah. The Googles and the Microsofts are run by Indians. Yeah, yeah. So there is a very interesting statement that we used to have when we were young and in colleges. It's saying it's better to have brain drain rather than having brain in the drain. <laughs> wow, that's dark. <laughs> But I'm saying it's changing. So where did we go wrong? Probably we only thought about my benefit. So mm. we went abroad. How many people stayed back and say, okay, India may not be the most developed country, but I'll make it a developed country. Mm. It's better to go to America and get the money. So that could have also been because of so many kingdoms, right? Everyone had their own idea. I'm Maratha, i Mughal, i Bengali, Jovi. So it wasn't like one unified country back then. It was not one unified country. Actually, we got freedom not from Britishers alone. India was not even a country, it was 550 princely states. Mm. So when Britishers left India, we were not one nation. We were three geographically administered country. We had Bombay Presidency, Kolkata Presidency and Madras Presidency. Mm. That was administratively. But otherwise it was Raj Gharana. Mm. What Sardar Vallabhai Patel did, he is called as the, we have the Statue of Unity. Mm. And he had a department called the Department of States. So we actually combined 550 princely states. And we still have the Kashmir problem not solved. Mm. Because Kashmir was a princely state. So the biggest challenge you absolutely pointed out that we, we did not have one common, uh, common governance system. It is only after the constitution of India was formed, everybody is now aligning to one particular form of governance. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right because it's easy to break 550 people mm -hmm. than break one complete mm -hmm. nation. Exactly. That's where we went wrong. So, so my next question to you is, did the British do any like chimti? Like when they were going, did they do anything to like mess us up and leave? Or was their intention good? And you know, they wanted to do the best for us. Like what, what's your take on that? So I would look at this from two angles. Did that generation mess it up? I don't know because none of them are alive. I that generation was the British. The British generation which actually ruled us and gave us freedom. Mm. So I don't know because I've not worked with them because intentions you can never understand by reading books or documents. They, they say that uh, if you go to UK now, yeah. the older, the younger white people are amazing, yeah. but the older white people are a little racist. Yeah, they are. As I told you that racism is a problem, like we have been told that we have casteism as a problem, that racism as a problem. And even today in the royal families, the so-called current royal families, race is a major thing to think about. In Europe? In Europe, yeah. across Europe. 
Now, specifically, when uh, Britishers were ruling us, they had different strategies and everybody knows about the Macaulay education model. They came and they said, oh, let's make a plan to destroy these people at the intellectual level. So can, the, you, can you explain this model? Uh, so, what is... Ratta maro. <laughs> Huh? Is it is it mugging up? Usse acha ye bolo ki basically everything about Indian knowledge is not the best. They are outdated. Yeah. And the British model is very scientific and advanced mm. because at the Oxford and the Cambridge you had the Newtons and the Darwins, yeah. and that's what we learned. So and you know I feel this harms us even today yeah. when we have such a rich spiritual yeah. scientific knowledge and you know we have yogic knowledge. And young Indians look down at it and think, oh, where's the scientific backing? Like, you know, matlab, how is this not backed by science? Are, have you ever considered the possibility that Eastern science must be way beyond Western science, but you've been conditioned to think that Western science yes, is right? and it starts with the education system in the school. Yeah. So we de uh, I mean, belittle the whole idea of saying that everything that comes from the West is good and everything mm -hmm. about Indian is bad. And as you rightly pointed out, it's a myth that spirituality is not scientific. Mm. And it's biological. Absolutely. So what I'm saying, if you look at Patanjali Yoga Sutra, it's a system which is scientific, mm. but highest level is spiritual. Mm. So for us, spirituality and science were always one. Mm. They broke it up and saying that if you're spiritual, you're not scientific. Mm. And if you're scientific, you're not spiritual. Mm. Who said so? 100%. You can be a yogi and a rishi at the same time. Yeah. In fact, rishis actually were thinkers, they were scientists mm. of different fields. Mm. And I feel very bad that we actually lost on generations of scientific development. Mm. So when you built a uh, temple architecture, if you look at Kedarnath very specifically, Thousands of years. Mm. Cyclone came, earthquakes came, but the temple, the Jyotirling is still scientific. Don't you think it's scientific? Mm. Today we are talking about sustainable ecosystems. If you look at Rameshwaram, the same Shiva temple right in the south, do you know it's actually on a sea bank? You have not gone to Rameshwaram, please go. You'll be surprised that it's on the banks of a sea, mm. seashore. And mm. that's from where Rama went to Lanka. Mm. Now I have seen this architecture, I've studied this in detail. You'd be surprised that those particular temple is designed in such a way that if a flood comes in or the you know the seawater comes in, it comes into the temple and within five minutes it gets dried up. So the drainage system is so perfect. Mm. If you look at uh, the kind of uh, architecture temples being done in Ajanta and Alora, mm. I mean you see the the paints, the, the actual paint which was used, the pigments, it has been there for more than thousand years. Paint paint every year you have to do something about it. So so where is the whole research about the whole thing? You know, is it documented? Yes. So somewhere, you know, what happened, the whole wow of the westernization that came in, we were somewhere lost. And of course, very important that economically. Hmm. So if the Britishers is able to give you some model economically which can give you hundred rupees, hmm. we say Hamko mil This is better. <laughs> anyway, things are changing. Yeah. So uh, what's happening now? Things are changing. Yeah. Uh, we've read about two important factors in the history of India becoming rich after independence. Yes. One was something called liberalization of the Indian economy, yes, yes. which is that Manmohan Singh opened up the yeah, economy. Yeah, yeah. So very simply to a junior KG student, can you explain that in like few sentences? Okay. What, what happened? So this actually happened in 1991. See what happened post-independence, 1947, we were a very poor nation, everything was looted, our all treasuries were empty, we didn't have food to eat, we were a war-thrown country, you know, a lot of things. I mean, it was a very bad state. And the growth rate every year after independence till 1990 was some 1 or 2%, which is terrible. And the population became four times. Wow. So when we got independence of 30 crores and it's 130 crores now. So you have the same problem multiplied by four times. Mm. So you have to educate them, you have to feed them, you have to give them jobs. I really pity those people who actually work for the nation post-independence. Yeah. 
But what is very interesting is that coming back, if 1991, what happened is that in a simple layman's language, we started getting money which we did not have from the foreign funds. Mm. So people started funding India. So 1990, we opened out means what? Suppose I want to start something, a company which requires 100 crores. My, I may have 20 crores, so where do I raise the money from? Mm. Maybe we have models like the stock market, I take some from friends, I'm able to raise maybe 30 crores, but 70 crores will mm. So I'm putting up a big plant, maybe a machinery and all those things. FDI and FII, foreign direct investment and foreign institutional investments. Mm. So this is what actually happened in 1991. So a lot of people started saying that, okay, I'm going to give you 100 crores, what will be my benefit? There was a lot of resistance because Till 1991, people thought that, you know, if we allow another group to come into India, they will be like the Britishers. Mm. They came in as traders and they looted us. Mm. So are you stupid that you are not learning from the mistake that the Britishers did? So you are telling the American company and the Japanese company to come again and give us money? <laughs> Don't be stupid. But over a period of a time, I think the maturity evolved and thanks to our then Prime Minister Narasimha Rao and then we have the Finance Minister Manmohan Singh who became the Prime Minister. They said, okay, it's important that we can't suffer. And what happened is that we did not just get money, but we actually got the best practice of the world in India. So let me give you a specific example. Uh, I remember I was a part of the 1991 generation when we never understood what was this whole liberalization and all those things. It took 10 years for Indian youth to understand it. And actually, we understood what is uh, the impact of globalization, liberalization in the year 2000 when the IT industry got its biggest boom. So, you know, there was a problem called Y2K. You mm. should uh, do a little bit of a research on it. So, we all learned computers, but we didn't understand. But suddenly, in 1998 and 1999, people realized the year 2000, when we are going to change into the new millennia, 2000, everything in computers uh, was actually coded as dates. Mm. They said that if we don't get it right, maybe the aeroplane will collapse because the computers give instructions. So, computers uh, work on something called bits and bytes, mm. one and two. Mm. So, 1999, but the moment it becomes 2000, 12 o'clock, January 1st, 2000, mm. maybe the whole system will go. Yeah. And as a backup plan, they say, who are the intelligent people who can do recoding or decoding, uncoding and all that coding things, Indians were best. Mm. And the whole two, two, three years, we got into a global platform. So, that was one impact. The second impact that happened in uh, liberalization period was basically we did not just get money but we got the global best practices into India. For example, when you look at a McDonald's in India and if you look at a McDonald's in maybe New York, they're the same. Mm. So we don't just get McDonald's into India but you see the efficiency, the, the practice, work culture. the work culture. Right. So what exactly happened is that it's not just getting money but you are actually getting trained by them with their money. Mm -hmm. So we got the officers of the foreign companies coming here. So today if I work probably with a JP Morgan here and I go to a Singapore office, I don't feel a difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think what is very important, we were blessed in a way that we don't have to travel abroad to see a different world. We can actually see that world in a mini way in India. Yeah. So I think that was a turning point in 1991. And then take those ideas and work culture and start Indian businesses. You are absolutely right. In fact, learn from the best but make it better in India. 100%. And that's what I feel our generation's money will be based on. Yes, yes. Because yes. Indians are beautiful businessmen. May not be the best innovators. That's what I feel. Americans are fantastic innovators. That's debatable. Uh -huh. But I feel Indians are fantastic at taking an idea, tweaking it, yeah, yeah. making it desi yeah. and then selling it. Uh, so I will look at it differently and saying that we are already natural innovators. In okay. between, we are actually being told not to innovate. Oh, okay. Because of the fear psychology of the foreign rulers. And the education system. And the education system. Yeah. So what typically happened is that we were a nation which could actually design anything and everything that we wanted. Mm. Imagine putting up an erotic uh, image in a temple. 
Mm. So if you look at all the temples, I mean, uh, wasn't that innovation with an idea which people would not accept socially today? Mm. Saying that we gave the best of the ideas. I'll tell you, I have studied a lot of Indian architecture. Go to any ancient Indian temple which is thousand years old, maybe north or south. There are similar looking pillars. But do you know one thing? Every pillar has got a different design. It is not mass production. So coming back, what happened? Innovation is something which is ingrained in us. Mm. But with the British on saying, no, no, you don't innovate, you listen to what I'm saying. So the bossy culture came, the creativity died out. Mm -hmm. But Indians are naturally very creative. What happened, you absolutely rightly said, is that now with money, and we require one generation of parents to phase out. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, somewhere the parent generation will tell this, do and don't do this. And okay. I'm not telling that parents' generation doesn't have experience, but they had an experience of having a follower's mindset. Mm. Your generation has the advantage of a leadership mindset. Mm. And I always talk about this thing that we have to change our mindset from a followership thinking to a leadership thinking. And that's the advantage you have. If you have an idea, you will get funds. You'll get a market. You've got technology. We did not have that advantage. We have social media. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm partnering with you. <laughs> So the whole idea with the advantage that we will have lots of billionaires and in a space which parents will be shocked, maybe yeah. your grandparents will not understand. Yeah. So they social media mein kya karta hai. Yeah. And then suddenly you show them a check of one crore, achha, milta bhi hai. Yeah. This has actually happened with me. So my granddad's actually bedridden and uh, I asked him once, Dada, aapko pata hai kya karta hon? Like, so he's telling me, you do some TV show, right? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> so it's, that's what's happening. And he's like, uh, I don't understand what you do, but what I've heard is everything's going well yeah. and you're happy, so that's all that matters. Now this is the shift. Yeah. So what is going to happen is there are so many ideas getting, uh, you know, experimented. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that all of them will succeed, but all of them will not fa fail either. And this is something I want to tell all the youth of India is get into that positive mindset. Mm. Uh, you know, this American mindset uh, of uh, innovation and investing into an idea is slowly coming to India, but it is not at its matured level. I remember somebody asking Bill Gates about it, you know, suppose you have an idea, you experiment it, invest on it, and what if it fails? You know, what was Bill Gates' answer? What if it succeeds? <laughs> so Boom. this is something so important. So when we, the parents then look at it, oh, he's doing something, she's doing something, what if it fails? It's the opposite, what if it succeeds? So Americans, when they look at innovation, it's not about failures. Failures is bound to happen if it doesn't succeed, right? Yeah, yeah. But they don't focus on failure. They say, okay, let's try, give it our best. And they put a lot of time, effort, money, research into it. Mm. So when one product succeeds, I'm sure there'll be five products which did not yeah. succeed. Yeah. But the mindset is that let's make it work. Yeah. If you're doing something good, I will partner with you. I'll invest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you get into this, and the last and the most important thing required is mentoring. Because mm. you're experimenting so much and you're with full of energy ideas, but who's going to show you the way? 100%. And it's always better to take the way from somebody who's more mature rather than finding out your way. Because you may find your way after five years, yeah. but it's better to get it succeeded now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, energy, innovation, idea, capital, money, along with maybe a mentor will make the whole difference and will become the richest part of the world yeah. much faster. Can I add one more factor to that game? which you have taught me, yeah. which is infrastructure. Yes. But when I look at, and but when I talk about infrastructure, I'm not talking about building or office. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about internet infrastructure, yes. which I believe Mukesh Ambani has put into the youth's hands yes. through the geo effect. effect. And this is not me fanboying over Reliance. When we go into like 2045, yes. 2055, we're going to look back at 2016 yes. and say that that was a defining moment yes. in the Indian economic boom. Absolutely. Because the internet reached villages. Okay, maybe everyone's not using Jio today, yes. but people are using a cheaper version of Airtel, a cheaper version of, say, Idea, Vodafone, all that. 
so the indian internet is reaching everywhere people are going to start getting educated much more rapidly yes. people are going to become smarter people are going to become more capable yes you will be creating another dhirubhai ammani somewhere in some small village in gujarat just through your youtube videos absolutely and make maybe probably bombay guy smarter yes <laughs> so let's not look at it as saying that you know youtube is going to affect the poorer part of it they're going to impact the people sitting in cities also they're going to make them on level platform yeah. the same level platform yeah. so what you get probably in a village is something what you get in bombay and vice versa mm. back to the geo example <clears throat> you know it's quite interesting that i remember mukesh ammani actually coming to mumbai university and he was there as a chief guest of a convocation ceremony and he said something and when he said this it was actually for me a very different outlook of a businessman he said till now we were focusing on oil oil because reliance is petroleum and that's their major cash cow or cash flow comes from oil the petroleum part of it but then today he he said data is the next oil mm. so what is actually it's not internet it's data mm. and i know people who actually told me this who are youtubers when i say youtubers not like you the the people who run the background they had to actually have bigger server farms mm. because the consumption of india has gone 10 times bigger mm. then say ki kahan se aa raha i mean suddenly why are indians watching so much youtube and they say ki there is an impact of jio on that mm. so what actually made is that jio got everybody into a different platform mm. and saying that data chahiye le le free mein le le mm. tera number mere ko de de whatever it is yeah. and believe me the world cannot exist without indian data mm-hmm. because you are talking one sixth of the billion people here yeah, yeah. and today with a google or a facebook or maybe a twitter or instagram they are all having offices in india right mm. i mean linkedin cannot exist without india even mm. though it's an american company and looking at the culture today maybe the prime minister uh, is, uh, is promoting it the government infrastructure please ride on the wave please mm. i don't know like our generation uh, rode on the wave of the it culture mm. so 20 years ago we had the advantage of being that generation that defined indian uh, uh, professionalism through an it culture and today we rule the world through mm. the it i mean you go across any country we indians are there in the it field yeah. your generation will be in the data field the digital infrastructure rule it and rule it nicely how to rule it number one is that you use it as a me- medium of education and business so what is the business model you understand but you know what is happening is that there is something called as soft power mm. so one is economical power what's economical power i can make money out of it so if you do this particular broadcast maybe you'll get likes you'll get video ads out of it that's the economic model but can you use the same platform to actually educate people on certain platform for example what we are doing is that we're talking about history mm. we're talking about indian culture and let me tell you my dear friends that if you look at probably you create a video on chanakya i mean that's my area when i started learning chanakya probably 20 years ago i didn't don't even know chanakya and today by the grace of god i know something about chanakya but there are actually 1 billion people in india who don't know chanakya hmm. but i suddenly realized one thing if 1 billion people don't know your market actually 7 billion people hmm. do you think that a european sitting over knows about chanakya he doesn't but if you educate him he will come to you Today morning, I'm telling you specifically. Today morning, I had a person called Michael Raffel. I don't even know. So he he actually uh, tweets me and gets in touch with me. For the last one year, this guy has been following me. And for me, I never actually did a background research of who Michael is. And then he writes me a long mail and says he's actually an European trying to find his identity. He's not from India. He's migrated to India just because he's wowed by the Indian yogic systems. <laughs> then I said, Oh, India doesn't know about Indians or Indian knowledge. but the world doesn't know about indian knowledge 
So when I say, how do you make YouTube or the social media work? Believe me, that seven billion people are frustrated. They don't have a direction in life. They don't have a purpose in life. They don't have knowledge. So what the superficial knowledge we have at the level is something which probably we can give quality inputs. Like mm. if we talk about yoga today, today yoga has become a product or a service for seven billion people. Yeah. Don't you think Arthashastra can do that? Yeah. Maybe Indian wisdom, Indian Ayurveda can do that. So use this platform. To take India's soft power globally, we don't have to attack people. Yeah, yeah. We have Indian Vedic systems, mathematics is there. We have so many things. First, study yourself. So, you know, I'll give you four steps if you don't mind. And I'll use a little bit of a Sanskrit words to it. Mm -hmm. if, suppose you take any particular field. I mean, you decide which field and all our Indians have done solid research work in the past in that particular field. So, let me give you uh, politics. The most hottest topic everybody talks about with the social media. Politics. So, Okay, we talk about Narendra Modi era, that's okay. But then you say, okay, let me study. And they say, okay, in India, we actually got democracy post-1947. Mm. But we are always a country of monarchy for thousands of years. Huh? So actually, technically, democracy is a new thing for our country. <laughs> we are always having rajas. Now, I say, were we bad? Not really. So what you do is that you go and study all those things. And what were the Indian models of governance? Mm. So the first step, if you take a subject like politics, one is called Swadhyaya, study it, research on it. Then the second step is uh, Anubhava, you know, practice it yourself, don't just glorify, saying that try something on your internship. Internship. So you study it, so I studied Chanakya, practice my and third is called Prachar. <laughs> what is a Prachar? Share. Prachar means share it. Go it like a missionary mm. and not to uh, you know convert somebody saying that Indian is the best, but I'm making you aware of this is also thing. So Prachar. And the fourth and the most important is document it. So it's very important to actually protect it. So Shastra ko humko bacha ke rakhna hai. So what's this Shastriya Parampara? Learn it, practice it, promote it, document it. So if we can do the four steps, take any subject. If you like chemistry, you take it, take biology, take aeroplane. And we say, you know, Pushpak Vimantha. I don't know. Study it. Take a protocol, go into IIT, make a model out of it and actually this is an Indian model of aeroplane. Hmm. Probably you will get some mathematics, take a Pythagoras theorem, take a gravitational theory. You decide, Natya Shastra, Artha Shastra, Kama Sutra, you decide what you want. And then you experiment it and you look perfect and then finally you will find everything is spiritual. Hmm. See finally the beauty of India is that whatever subject you take, finally you will come to Godhood. Which country in this particular world has given every knowledge finally reaches you to the supreme, which the Westerners have called as self-actualization. Use <laughs> social media for that. Boom. Wow. So, so that was a general kind of help that you've put out there. Uh, now I want to be selfish and ask you as the mentor monkey, you mentored like Viraj, myself, Rajas. Um, what do we do to become the Elon Musk, the Steve Jobs of India now? Okay, so first of all, I'm a student of your space. I know. <laughs> so you call me a big brother, but in your field, you are bigger than me. So let me accept that. What can you do? Three things. Definitely is that, you know, uh, number one uh, is that you need to create a roadmap. Hmm. So, you know, many times when we do any particular business, uh, it starts with an idea. But over a period of a time, you should get into structures. I'm sure you're working on that. The second level, and which is very important, probably you're not thinking about it, is get into government policies. Okay. I knew this was going to come. <laughs> Right? Social media, what's the government policy? Remember one thing. Government of India specifically is big about social media. But you only created a platform, maybe all these channels. But do you know you can actually get into policy decision making? Because in our country, social media is not structured. You can structure it. 
Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll give you a specific example how it happened in our generation. When we started, our generation started IT. Do you think it was structured? Some guys experimenting here and there, some Bangalore, and suddenly the government decided there's a lot of money in that. It became an IT department. Do you know we have an information technology department of the government of India? But it happened later on. Hmm. Why didn't you go to the government and saying that this is what the youth wants? Believe me, your Modi will listen to you. He is the biggest social media brand today across the globe. Hmm. And do you know he's got a team, but it is not structured. It's just evolving. Geo is doing something, you are doing something, and suddenly it's big. It's very big. But let me one thing. If you don't partner with the government, they can even kill you. I'm not telling they will kill you, but they can because the power of the government can never be underestimated. So first of all, the last five, ten years, what we have done was a baby step. Now you have to think like an industry. Hmm. See, many times, if you look at film industry, do you know it got an industry station just ten years ago? Are you aware of this? So a country has been having films for hundred years. And then it was like making films, creativity, innovation, Raja Harish and the black and white and some Raj Kapoor era. And suddenly they started so many people are dependent, their livelihood is dependent, people are migrating. We produce the largest films and then some thinkers, evolved people in that particular field sat down and said, okay, there are people who are, the bread and butter is dependent on it. And they went to the government of India over a period of time saying that, please give us status of an industry. What do you mean by status of industry? You get a lot of tax benefit, you get a lot of funding, your organized sector, you get capital and you got a minister who will tell you what to do and what not to do and you can tell the minister what we want and what we don't want. Mm. Social media as a platform is at a very baby stage, you can see the growth. But you will be surprised it's going to be a giant and a monster which can eat you. Mm. Okay, but we said okay, let's look at the positive. Go to the comment saying that's going to evolve. Don't you think social media is only going to get bigger and bigger with time? 100%. But have you ever thought of it that it can actually become a part of the government of India? No. <laughs> but that's the future. That's where you have to be very smart that after 10 years, can Ranveer show, not just be a show, but Ranveer and maybe 10 YouTubers sit down and go to the PMO, which the film industry is doing by the way. Mm, mm. The best of the thinkers mm. go and say, this is what we want, we want the tax benefit, we want this, we want people. And today the film industry has evolved to such an extent that today we have a Bahubali which actually gets 100 crores. Mm. But tomorrow if you want an investment, you can actually get organized invested and probably you can list your company in a stock market. The first thing Modi ji Maybe younger. So first thing was structure yourself. Second is get into government person. And the last and the most important thing is that ask yourself, when are you going to exit it? Exit? <laughs> so, sorry, I'm a teacher. I look at from the Indian wisdom. You will be away probably after 20, 30, 50 years. But the organization that you start, the company that you start should be sustainable. Hmm. When are you going to exit social media? Wow. Is that a question or like? No, it's a question. It's a very serious <laughs> question. Believe me, industries that grow. So, for example, probably Raj Kapoor is gone, right? Mm. But unfortunately, the company also died with him. Mm. RK Films. Do you want such a thing? What do you create in a lifetime? Or you want to be Steve Jobs or Elon Musk? Mm. Steve Jobs is not Steve Jobs because he created Apple. Steve Jobs is Steve Jobs because Apple continues to grow after Steve Jobs. Mm. Do you have that vision? Yes. Exactly, but get into structures, get into government policies and get into leadership succession. Because after 40-50, you will slow down. It's natural phase. Mm. But then you should have the young, energetic team who will make it better. Mm -hmm. So if India and Bollywood has got somebody called as Dharma Production, Karan Johar, do you know the history? Not many people know that actually the foundations of Dharma Production is not Karan Johar. It's actually his father. Yeah, sure. Yes, so he's gone, but Dharma production is taken forward. So I'm telling you, social media may be young, it may be baby stage for you, three, four, five, seven years. 
but believe me you have to think saying that after three generations what is going to happen start thinking now that's when chanakya builds an empire he says you know what's going to happen after 100 years after maybe 500 years the foundations of social media should be so strong that it's a sustainable model for generations to come of course with innovation and you know adaptability to change 100% and so my final question to you super quick is that what are the different kind of industries that young india should look at and say ha wah growth hone wali hai that's why i'll grow my own career there are two ways of looking at it. there are many industries and for me the number one industry is travel is the reason kya hai ki traditionally if you look at it and the marwadi communities the gujarati communities know this very well roti kapda makan people will eat isn't it mm. so food industry will always be there with lot of innovation kapda we like fashion fiber mm. makan you know we always like housing infrastructure but we have forgotten that one of the key industries for india is travel we love to travel isn't it we just came back from nagpur mm. tomorrow we're going to go there airline industry hotel industry everything is interconnected we actually don't give importance to travel in this particular country travel is not a career Mm-hmm. It is something that you do logistically, but do you know how big it is? And it's unfortunate that Jet Airways failed in such an industry. Mm-hmm. Somewhere the management system didn't, but it's not good for an economy. So when I say travel, not when I speak to a lot of people, what are the career options? Engineers, doctors, and you know, slowly that's dying off. The whole idea is that they never looked at travel, which is India's biggest thing. There are countries which are dependent on travel. If you look at Singapore mm-hmm. or many other countries, how can we not look at it? So coming back to the young generation, should give importance to travel. Second industry probably it's very important to know uh, is um, anything and everything connected to heritage. See, Indian heritage is coming back in its big way. For example, again thanks to Modi ji, he's promoting a lot of cultural tourism. Mm. But cultural tourism is not about the travel. I have already told you about travels. So when you go to a particular place, can you hold them? Mm. Maybe do a research. So let me give an example. If you go to Ujjain Temple, Ujjain Temple. one shiva great temple no but there is a system of knowledge in ujjain temple that if you go there they'll actually tell you whether your grandfather came to this temple wow <laughs> if you actually go to places like tirupati or you go to kerala so there are knowledge system we don't know so what i'm saying if young people can get into research and very important if you look at current budget you know nirmala sitaraman our first female full time finance minister actually has announced huge 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 funds for r&d research and development so what i'm saying is that when are we looking at research so for example if you want to do research on social media actually you can get 100 crores from the government of india or any particular field iit iim so what i'm saying that this youth is full of opportunities but we are not thinking like a researcher we're not looking at the future we are looking at you know what what is innovation but 5 years after that 5 years the apple puts a lot of money in research okay luckily there are indian companies for example patanjali hmm. like baba ramdev do you know 500 crores is the annual budget for research for r&d and that's why they just go and you know almost touch unilever in one five years mm. but we don't see apatanjali have baba ramdev yoga product jeans are what theek hai so what i'm saying that whatever be your field i think the you should focus on various industries but whichever industry you are probably automobile industry you know the research is the future Okay, so that's the key decision. India went down because they stopped doing research. Yes, I totally feel that. Yeah. Going up because they will do research. Okay, anyway, thank you, Radha sir, again. Another episode of Monkey Chat has blown me away. I'm sure it's blown you away as well. Uh, thank you, Radha sir. Obviously, I'll be linking Radha sir's handles down below, his books down below. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you buy. Make sure you subscribe to Via Buy Sales. Make sure you follow Radha sir. And from this super intelligent conversation, we will see you later. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. <laughs> Thank you sir.